Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. Your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona, And this was the week of change. Oh my goodness. I spent last weekend adjusting my gardens uh, to protect my borderline plants. So you gardeners understand, okay, we're a zone seven here in the Prescott, Prescott Valley, Chino Valley, this central highland area. I would say you're a zone seven, eight, Somewhere in there, if you're in the lower elevation, let's say you're a Sedona, Camp Verde, Cottonwood, you're spilling down over to Kirkland, Skull Valley. Hillside's probably a zone 8-9. Uh, so it just varies on your elevation, but pretty much we're all very similar zones, and we need the same types of plants that grow here. Well, all those zone 8, 9, 10, 11, the desert tropical varieties of plants, if you did not bring those indoors or protect them, they died this week. So my coleus, oh, I think it was Sunday night or Monday night, one of those two, whenever that cold front came through this week, you could see them, you could just watch them melt in the cold. Like They were too big to bring indoors. I couldn't protect them. I grew them as an annual. I fully expect them to be very enjoyable, to grow fast, to be glorious while I'm outdoors enjoying my backyards and patios. But then I don't want to look at them in the winter. I want them to die, be gone, and I take a rest. And then I'll replant fresh those garden beds or those containers next spring, usually the end of April, May. Here, our our last frost of the year, the last killing frost for this Central Highlands area is going to be Mother's Day. That's kind of the holiday, the uh, the, the marker that we use as a time to start planting summer plants. Before that time, you need plants because we're going to have frost that can take that. So pansies and kale and uh, uh, spinach, uh, you've got gallardias and and, uh, geraniums, petunias, they'll all take that. They love growing in the spring of the year. But you start putting your summer plants in Mother's Day. Well, the opposite of that, the end of that season is going to be the 100-year average. We've been measuring this data for a lot of decades. Is October 29th. Usually the the local gardeners, we use Halloween as our first frost event. We can, okay, usually Halloween is going to be a killing frost. Be aware by the middle of October, just be ready with the sheets. Be ready to move the plants around because we're going to get a frost at the end of October, first part of November. Well, it was a it was a week early this year. That's that's the difference with with averages. It never lands on Halloween. It's always a little before or a little after. Last year, it was a little after. It just varies. You just be ready. So the vink the vinca, they're all gone. I mean, they're just they, there's an annual heat loving just loves to thrive in the the just hottest days of summer. Uh, they don't like this week. They were in misery. They just melted down. Uh, just lots of things like that. So the indication of frost, things that were damaged, if you're new, if, you, if you're coming from tropical areas and you've never seen this, this frost event happen, 
What it looks like is the foliage will turn wilty. It stops blooming, of course. The leaves can even turn black as they are frozen back to the heart of the plant. Usually the top edge is, is burned back first. Then as the cold permeates after several nights, it just kills off the entire plant. Now perennials, these are plants that come back every year. Remember, perennial and permanent both start with P. So these are plants that come back year after year. Sometimes they can get killed back to the ground, but they hibernate underground for the winter. My mums look great. They're perennial. They were not affected by the cold, but but mums have a tremendous amount of antifreeze built within them. They can go really to the end of the year before they really start to turn brown, that pretty straw color, that, that autumn color that, uh, that mums are so famous for. I'll keep that structure of my mums up in the gardens because I just think they're pretty, even with that straw color. They're no longer green. They're no longer in bloom, but they're just pretty. Eventually, the snows and the rains and the wind just get them to lay down and go, oh, you're, you're not looking so good. That's when I take the lawnmower or shears or something to cut them back to the ground. And I just let them hibernate underground, and they'll come back. Moms, shoot, by Valentine's. You can start seeing new growth coming back, just, just emerging from the ground. Galardias, echinaceas, euphorbias. There's all these perennials that come back year after year, but they hibernate underground. So your annuals do not. They just, once they, if they get cold at all, it doesn't matter if the ground freezes. It just, they're, they're just at the top growth freezes, they're gone. Perennials, usually they can take, shoot, they'll be in ice. They're just sitting there going, okay, I'll wait it out. I'm waiting. I'm letting, I'm, I'm revigorating myself so I can come out with a vengeance next spring. And usually spring is in full swing by March 1st. That's kind of the sequence that's happening. Now, we are famous for our Indian summers up here. So your gardens will, you saw this, this burn back from the frost, but then you saw some plants really go nuts this week. So your, your kales, spinach, lettuce, uh, pansies, violas, snapdragons, oh, they love this weather. They just, this is the time to put those in. Many of your, uh, your fall-colored trees and shrubs, this will ignite them. They love this kind of weather. They like being, it's a great time to put a new aspen and that beautiful gold, maples, ash, locusts. They love this kind of weather. They're, they're starting to go dormant, but they turn color, this beautiful fall color. Then all the sugars start moving down towards the carbohydrates are moving down towards the trunk of the tree, down into the roots. And they actually store a lot of that energy down at the root level. That's why it's so good to be planting in the autumn of the year. I'd say you got a sweet spot now between now and really Thanksgiving is a great time to be putting in trees, larger shrubs. So don't, don't if you're new to the area, you go, oh, it finally got cold. But that doesn't mean anything to your gardens. It means something to your annuals, those uh, summer blooming kind of plants or the summer vegetables, any vegetable that forms a fruit is a summer vegetable. Tomatoes, you know that. But zucchinis and pumpkins and eggplant and peppers, these are all summer tropicals. They have no interest in growing in the winter. Even if you've got a greenhouse, just the reduced daylight, they start to elongate and stretch and they don't produce as much. You can keep them alive, 
but they may not produce as well as they did when the days were very long. I mean, a tomato plant is just this sugar-making factory. It just creates, it collects the sun with all that foliage, and it pumps it into these beautiful tomatoes. Well, now the days are getting so short, yeah, they'll ripen up the rest of them, uh, but they're probably not going to produce any more tomatoes unless you bring them indoors or give them artificial lighting. There's a whole series of full daylight or full spectrum light bulbs that are made for keeping your plants going in a basement even, in a greenhouse, in an Arizona room, just indoors. But they may need some supplemental lighting just because the days are so short. For those plants that were burned, killed off, I mean, my my trash can is going to be full at the curb this week because I'm just going to throw them away. I'm going, eh, that's fine. I might compost some. The soils I might take from, from those containers and add them to my raised beds around the yard. But the foliage, it's going in the trash can or the compost pile, one of the two. If they were diseased at all, if you had any kind of spotting, curling, dotting, any kind of white powder on the foliage, do not compost that foliage. That needs to go in the trash can and get it off your property. Many of those spores or those bacterial type of, of leaf spots, diseases, they come back very easily. They'll hibernate in, that, in the ground. The birds and the bugs will come in when the new plants are put in next spring and they'll kind of dig around down there and they'll jump on this, this tree. And instantly it comes from the soil that you had last year, gets right back on this year's crop. So kind of be strategic on what you're composting and what you're not. Leaves, tree leaves, oh, that's like black gold for the gardens. Oh, that's the best compost ever. I save all of that and I reuse it or reintroduce it or retill it into my gardens. Have a lot in store for you. We got Lisa Watersling coming in with your garden questions right after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters October companion plants that grow well together are burning bush, spicy mums, glamour kale, and red fox sedge. Fox sedge has striking clumps of red foliage that fades to flocks, giving off a warm glow. An attractive foliage effect in container gardens, perennial beds, and fountain accents. A good choice in poor draining pockets along dry stream beds and beside large landscape boulders. You'll find foxy red grasses, just $17, here at Waters Garden Center. Google, give me directions to Waters Garden Center. Gardening has always come natural to me. Green thumbs, they just run in the family. So when the Family Garden Center was offered to Lisa and I, we jumped on the opportunity. I've always loved coming to the nursery, being surrounded by all the beauty, helping the backyard gardener and passing on some of that natural magic that happens so easily for me. We aren't just selling plants, we're offering garden success. My name is Ken Lane, owner, and you'll feel the magic here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road, here in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener, Green Thumbs Learned While Working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. All right, we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week and, and just asks your garden questions. We try to confab about those and 
get the word out to the mm-hmm. entire neighborhood, not just your backyard. So welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you. Yeah. So this this week's been uh, nothing but frost, cold. <laughs> I notice your your vinca is uh, it's gone. It's like yeah, vaporized yeah. <laughs> into brown mush. That <laughs> my uh, black eyed Susan vine. Oh yeah, sure. any of those things that were pretty sensitive or summer plants. Yep. They, they don't don't like the frost. Did you see? I think it was Tuesday. There was ice on the pond. There was this little really? right on the edges, right where the liner water met the liner. There was uh-huh. ice. It's gone. Wow. That wasn't a frost. <laughs> that was a heavy freeze, at it's least cold. here in our in our backyard. It's so. very, very cold, yeah. yeah. And the thing, a lot of things, because we were warm, 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 and all of a sudden, bam, yeah. cold, um, there wasn't that, things didn't get hardened off so that, yeah, maybe they could make it through a right. frost. They just went, bleh. Dead, yeah, gone. <laughs> I noticed our Virginia creeper, which should mm-hmm. be turning red. Right. It was in full green, mm-hmm. wasn't showing any color. Uh, it, it was it turned brown just like that, so yeah. it should have turned this gold, mm-hmm. this uh, beautiful Red. oranges and reds, red colors. I think it's because it was green, and then it just went instant cold. Yeah, that messed with it. So mm-hmm. that to go from those extremes from eighty to twenty five, I mean, in one one night, <laughs> that's that's plants don't like that. That's so hard. On it them. didn't kill yeah. it. It'll no, come back easily. But, but you, I you miss the fall color. Yeah, you don't get that pretty fall color. But yeah. hey, you know. That's nature, right? Yeah. You never, it's not 100%. We should share the story. You were up uh, last week and that huge owl oh. was up on the railing on the deck overlooking the pond. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I'm, I'm up really early in the morning. It was just starting to get light, still pretty dark out. Yeah. I hear this big thunk, thunk and off the deck. And I'm like, oh, what is that? I thought something fell off. Yeah. I don't know. So I get up to go look and there's this huge owl. Yeah. Just sitting there, I was like, "Oh, who there? <laughs> oh, who? Who? A big guy, great big horned guy. owls. We, mm-hmm. They actually, I'm sure he was overlooking the pond, looking for. I mean, the rats and the mice are out. They're scurrying around oh, right now, yeah. trying to find warm spaces. I'll yes. bet he was looking for an easy meal. And the water is a source. Mm-hmm. I mean, just we see a lot of activity, right? Because we got a pond, not a huge pond, mm-hmm. but you know, it's maybe a couple thousand gallons, or I have no idea. Just. 15 by 10 or whatever size that is and with a waterfall, but it just attracts yeah. things like that. We've seen bald eagles going across. Mm-hmm. Lots like, of uh, cranes. Blue, blue herons. <laughs> yeah, yep. it, All those right. uh, coming in. So it's, it's kind yeah. of fun to watch that. Water is magical mm-hmm. too. It just relaxes you, helps you, helps you sleep better at night. That running water just <laughs> feels good. That is true. A garden question. Should we jump in on what's going on out in other people's gardens? Well, sure. So uh, Karen's question kind of relates to what we were just talking about. Her crepe myrtle and roses after this last cold just look horrible. Yeah. She wants to know, should she be pruning those back? First question. And then second part, does she still need to water? Yeah, so good good question. So we did see a change. So this week there was a change in the gardens. And so we had our we had our first real cold. And so all those things that are tropical or borderline were are dead. Mm-hmm. But things that are deciduous, that is, they're woody perennials. That's what a crepe myrtle is, a rose. Those things you keep intact. You don't don't prune them yet. Wait. Uh, they'll start to lose their leaves now. And once they get done, maybe in a month, first part of December or so, go ahead and rake the leaves up. You can compost those or do whatever you want with top dress flower beds. It's great compost 
for the gardens. But don't do any major pruning yet. Usually you want to get through the new year. And then sometime in January, February, those, those that late winter, very early spring into March, that's when you really want to do most of the pruning uh, for, for mountain landscapes. And the reason being, you want to keep that core of that plant intact, especially for roses. That, that structure on top of that plant will insulate, will protect the core, the heart of the plant. And so we want to wait till we get past the worst of the winter, which is typically around the new year through January. By February, it's starting to warm up. We'll still see snow, but you don't get that deep, penetrating, like bone-chilling cold like January has. Then we'll start to really prune the fruit trees, the 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 sh- everything except for the spring bloomers. I told everyone to wait, but uh, <laughs> you know, lilacs, you wait until after they're done blooming. Forsythia, quince, okay. rhododendrons, uh, things that bloom in the spring, you let them bloom, and then you prune them back. Uh, summer bloomers, like the Rosa Sharon's, the crepe myrtles that, that she had mentioned, um, those things you prune in the winter because mm-hmm. they're going to form their buds as spring, as they wake up in spring, then they, they bloom later in the year. Mm-hmm. So watering, uh, you're going to see folks powering down, especially if you've got a, a landscaper or someone taking care of your landscape, they're going to want to drain the system. So we don't really, at the lower elevations, I'd say under, I really... Groom Creek, Highland Pines, the ridge lines down, maybe 6,000 foot and below, we really don't blow out our lines. Uh, Flagstaff, Williams, the White Mountains, those places, yeah, you're going to take air compressors and actually blow the water out because their ground freezes solid, uh, deeper than we do at these lower elevations. Here we might see an inch or two of of ice in in the ground, but then it, it thaws. It just comes right back. So we really don't blow things out here in the Prescott area like we do at the higher elevations. You do want to water, though. Even if you turn your system on, water plants by hand at least twice a month. If we get a major snow event or major rain, you can maybe cut one of those back. But you should be watering your landscape at a minimum once a month. That keeps them healthy. Keeps the we're so mild here that the plants continue to grow. They'll you'll see buds grow. The flower buds, the leaf buds will be growing through winter. And if they get real dry, um, it it can damage those. And you'll see that show up next spring. That takes the edge off. So don't water very. And, and the next question always comes up: How much? You water just like you do in spring right now. However, your system is set up. It's not about how much it's about the frequency you water the same amount every time but the frequency how often do you do it that's what changes as you water your landscape do we answer that i think so so it kind of relate so i've had a lot of people asking me to i think they're moving from the midwest really cold winter areas and they're asking do they need to mulch up around their roses uh burlap all that kind of stuff we do not do that um here in Arizona, generally we're, we're in the Midwest. You tend to prune things way back. You'll surround it with chicken wire and take your your leaves and shove it around there to to make sure you insulate it. But they go sub zero. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we just don't see that here. Right. And then they're they're predicting a warmer winter, warmer and drier winter this year. Mm-hmm. So all the more reason to water. Uh, right. But I don't think you need to insulate your plants like you would in a very like Wisconsin, with Michigan, mm-hmm. Indiana, those places. That's where you do that. Right. And I would say, too, I know a lot of people have put new landscapes in or redid their yards so they have uh, 
younger plants in there. That's where that winter watering is so oh, yeah, key. Sure. If you don't do that, what will happen is you it's started to you put a new tree in, let's say a new maple or an aspen or or an evergreen like a pine or a spruce. You put it in the ground, let's say a month and a half ago. It's been rooting. It'll continue to root through the really the end of the year. Well, if you let it go dry, it'll sacrifice those roots. And so you actually go backwards a step. So if you just keep them hydrated, not a lot, just infrequently, so a couple times a month, water those things, deep water them, you'll keep that vibrant new root hair going, You'll and, and they'll elongate uh, better. For, you'll get more growth next spring by doing that. The best thing you can do, I, I would say, really, for new plants like that, make sure you fertilize. Use a, a good granular fertilizer. We sell one here. It's called all-purpose plant food. But if you've got a new landscape or you just want to get more growth out of your plants next spring, it is so important mm-hmm. to fertilize those things. And use the all-purpose 744 mix. It's all natural. It's not going to hurt your birds or your pets. It's really good for strong growth next spring. And double down with the humic. So we have a, a mm-hmm. humic acid um, that we sell in a bag. You can put it on at the same time. If, it's, if you need more roots, that humic actually tickles the roots so you get more roots. And then the fertilizer actually gets you more top growth, more, more flowers, more leaves, more foliage. That's, how, that's the number one thing you water, fertilize. That's what you can do for all things in the landscape right now. Well, just like that, we're out of a second. <laughs> we'll come back, though. Ken Elisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. We'll be right back. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Waters October companion plants that grow well together are blaze maples, spicy mums, glamour kale, and burning bush. Waters Compact Burning Bush is a neat, well-behaved shrub prized for its blazing red foliage in the fall. Looks great when planted with autumn gold sumacs, lilacs, and gold euonymus. At six foot, this bush makes a natural hedge that burns red through autumn, all for $49. You'll find the showiest shrubs here at Waters Garden Center. Siri, give me directions to Waters Garden Center. You might say I've been part of the local garden scene even before birth. My father started the very first garden center in northern Arizona and ran the family business with my mother, even while she was pregnant. The nursery was my preschool, with many joyous after-school hours spent playing in the family business. Waters isn't just a garden center. It's a safe place for kids and pets alike. My name is Lisa Waters Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road, here in Prescott. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. If you are new to this mountain region, you're coming from outside the state, um, you might not be aware of the boom that's going on right now. So there's a lot of folks moving out of the big cities, either retirement or they can just, I talked to two customers this week. They are work from home and their companies just said, you know, we're, you're going to be doing this for a few months. And, and they just decided if I can, I can live anywhere I want as long as there's broadband and I can work from home. 
and they moved to Prescott, Arizona. I mean, this is happening. This, there's this movement going on in the country, and Arizona is on that list. I think the Sun Belt. I'm hearing that from uh, friends that have garden centers in North Carolina, Texas, Florida, Alabama. They're moving to the Sun Belt where it's just not, it's, it's COVID-related, or it just forced a retirement, or they can just, there's freedom now that we didn't have even a year ago that you can just work and live wherever you want. In Prescott, Arizona, we seemed, this northern Arizona is just famous. It's, it's, it's a slow-paced, four-season climate, but very mild, yet we've got easy access to airports where we can get around and do things. We're on the map. And so the trades, trades are from roofers to plumbers to electricians to landscapers to gardener, garden divisions at garden centers. We are now stacked up well over a month. Generally, I tell the team, I don't want anyone to wait more than two weeks for their trees and shrubs to be put in the ground. Two weeks, two weeks, get, move, move, go, go. Well, we're a month out. It's just, it's so, the demand is so great for buildings and landscapes. And you'll find this this trend across all the trades, all the service trades, uh, the technical, I mean, you, you know who they are, the, the electricians and plumbers, they're hard to find a good one. And when you do, get them on, get them on the hook, get a date, and then uh, keep checking with them. Don't let them forget you because they're just so busy. And so I am almost embarrassed. So be patient. I would say it's okay to plant. If your gardener has some time, get them. I mean, get them in there. They're busy too. Uh, if you're if you're a landscaper or your your garden centers, if you want a big tree, I've I've got some huge pine trees and spruce, just beautiful evergreens, but they're heavy. They're hard to manipulate, get in the ground by yourself. We've got fancy dollies and tools and jackhammers to dig a hole that size. So a lot of times folks want us to plant that, you know, say hedgerow or whatever it is. Just be a little more patient than usual. It's not so much COVID related. I don't think it's that. I think it's just the area, this region of the country is just, it's booming. Everyone wants to come here. I mean, welcome to God's country. It's its not the town I, I grew up in in the 60s and 70s, early 80s, when it was just us. Little, I think they were like, when I was growing up, 18,000 people in Prescott. Prescott Valley, Chino Valley did not exist. There were a few cowboys out there, but that was it. It was kind of here. We all came to school into one school. Now, high school I'm talking about. Uh, now there's what do we got? Four or five high schools? I mean, I can't even imagine from 50 years ago. But dang, it's the same easygoing pace, the same friendliness. Uh, you, you can tell the folks that are new to the area, you know, their drive, just their drive habits. They're just busy. They're going. They haven't slowed down. They got to go, go, go. They haven't learned. I mean, their heart rate's going like three times the speed it should. They're going to stroke out right there on the highway. It, it, it takes a, a month or two to really slow down to take on the pace. And then all of a sudden life just gets better. It really does. And then gardeners, I deal with gardeners all day long. It's, it's retail, but it's the easiest, easiest going. People aren't stressed. There's something about a store that's filled with plants. You can just see it in the people's faces. They just, they just step back and relax and they can't, they just kind of 
peruse the plants. You'll see if you can help. And they go, nope, I'm just here just enjoying, get, doing recon or research, whatever. They're just there to enjoy the plants. There's something, that connection, that slower pace that just helps you relax. I think we need to put more of that in our backyards. In fact, I was just writing a column this week, and I, and I started out with optimism. Now, if you're on our, our part of our garden club here at Waters Gardens, you'll get this column in a couple of weeks. But I started the whole, the whole garden column started optimism, definition, hopefulness, confidence about the future or the success of outcome of something. Then I went alternate garden definition is one who plants seed or young plants with faith it will grow into something better. Plants naturally take optimism, hope, and faith to believe in, in their potential, to see the positive outcomes and nature in your garden. And it goes on and gone. Kind of, I'm trying to be more upbeat as this election cycle comes through. And it just kind of went, ah, we need some positive, happy thoughts. And I go into succulents. I mean, the transition was awkward, but I just went, you know what? I just, it came to mind. I went, I'm going to throw that out there. And if you're a gardener, great. If you're not, well, great. It doesn't matter. They're my words. <laughs> and you're following the garden column. But we'll see if the, the press picks it up. I think they will. They generally do with that kind of stuff. But optimism. Plants make you feel better. They just do. And so we got more in store for you. Got to take a break, pay for the show some. Be right back after this. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Water's October companion plants that grow well together are blaze maple, burning bush, Arizona creeper, spicy mums, and glamour kale. Few flowers are more elegant in fall than water's glamour kale. The autumn colors are perfect for containers, beds, and borders. And it's so easy to grow. This unique Prescott selection is an award winner for cold hardiness, intense red, purple flowers in a frilly package, all for $9. You'll find bright fall flowers here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Safe, natural, organic fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. And we are back with Lisa Lane coming in the studio. She comes each week. This is her segment. She just, what's going on in the gardens, her personal gardens, or what's top of mind for that people are talking about here at the garden. So welcome back to the studio, Lisa. Thank you. So the javelinas, uh-huh. wild pigs, so hit our pumpkins and our did. pansies this I had week. to laugh because <laughs> yeah. I thought, it was it two weeks ago? I can't remember. I told people, don't put right. pumpkins yeah. out because you're going to attract the javelina. Well, our, our girls are home and they want pumpkins because they want to carve pumpkins. Yep. And, and they left them out on the tables and stuff out front. And I kept thinking, I even said, 
you know, the javelinas. And everybody went, nah, we're fine. If we have the electric fence, it keeps them out. But we had to have someone walk down the driveway or something. Yeah. So they, they found a way. They found the pumpkins. <laughs> yeah. It's like they'd been bowling for pumpkin because there was pumpkin all over the yard. And the other thing they did, so out in front of our house, uh, we have great big pots in front of the garage. Yeah, either side of the garage. Yeah. So in one of the pots, we had pansies and viola. They just ripped that sucker to shreds, and it's just... Yeah, like these ooh. are tall pots. They I had know. to stand up on their back legs to get yeah. in there. So we've never had them hit those pots before. So no. they're tall enough where they just didn't get them. But it's got to be drought or some something's yeah. out there where they're more curious or desperate. One of the two uh, than they've been in the in the past years. Yeah. But electric fence and really tall planters, they should be able to find that. But. They, they did. Busy. That's they, all right. It was one weird because one of my chairs, because I still have the cushions out on the outside chairs, were just all cockeyed, and you know, you could tell they had wrestling around in the. In the are you kidding me? No. Oh, I didn't know that. It was so bizarre. They're like, on the on the furniture. They, they, I swear they got on the there. chair to get onto the table <laughs> to get the pumpkin. I don't know. It was bizarre. Hilarious. You know, you wake up in the morning, the dogs go out, and they're all like high alert because they're yeah, like they, they smell, smell something. Yeah, you know, and they're just like whoa. Yeah. Well, so. that's just part of gar- the garden experience. Other people yeah. deal with armadillos or they deal with deer or something else. We deal mm-hmm. with javelina. So that's yeah. okay. Yeah. All that's- right. What garden advice do we have? What, what are you going to tease us with? So don't, <laughs> don't say pumpkins and pansies. No. So, but we did have that really hard frost. So everything right. that had been looking so glorious and beautiful has now kicked, not kicked the bucket, but it's. Some things are going dormant. The leaves look bad. Some things are gone. My vinca, it's shot. It's not coming back from that. So I'm throwing it away. So usually when it's a good time to take a look at your yard and go, you know, maybe I need some more evergreens in my yard to compensate for that, for the things that do lose their leaves and go to sleep for the wintertime. So I thought I would talk about evergreens from trees to kind of shrubs Perfect. that we can throw in there. Yeah. And there actually is quite a bit. What is your absolute favorite evergreen? Tree and shrub. Did oh. you, if you had to pick one, you got to go to a desert island. You're only allowed to take one evergreen. What is the one? I would take the Oregon green pine. Okay. Because I love that. I love how dark green and dense it is. It's yeah, one of my favorites. Pretty, pretty green. Shrub. I don't know. Just one. Uh, Gulfstream Nandina. Oh, that's, Nandinas are good. Yeah, it's yeah. a dwarf, easy mm-hmm. to care for, holds its foliage, looks soft, absolutely. The, yeah. the Oregon green pine is like a ponderosa pine, but it holds its foliage right to the ground. So those are mm-hmm. great choices. What would you take? Well, thank you for asking, Lisa. Okay. Well, let me tell you. My shrub would have to be Eleagnus or silverberry. Ah. It's a native, mm-hmm. uh, evergreen, big leaf to it, gets, gets up like eight. And well, head high yeah. and, and wide. So it's a nice, thick, evergreen shrub. But animals don't bother. It's low mm-hmm. care. And, you know, I love spruce trees. I, I love Deodore cedars, but they grow too fast and they're too big and too aggressive. But if you want that Christmas tree looking shape, just something really pretty out in the yard, it'd have to be a spruce tree. It's either Colorado, Fat Albert. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of spruce variety, hoops eyes. Right. There are great choices. I'd have to pick one of those. I'm going to go to my island with my spruce tree. <laughs> <laughs> How you're getting it there, we don't know. I know. By ship. I'll need a new ship. I need a new boat, too. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of 
pretty nice evergreens you can put out there. If you're thinking trees, of course, the, the Colorado blue spruce. So within that, there's Fat Albert, there's yeah. Hoopside, Baccarat. What's moonlight. the difference between all those? Maybe you should explain that. Just They're all spruce. They're all cousins of each other, right. but they're unique, each and every one. Right. Right. So a lot of times it comes down to coloration. So some are more green, some are more blue. Like the hoop eye has like a silver blue yeah. needle to it. Um, your regular evergreens can be anywhere from, you know, the, the color spruce could be from green to blue. It just kind of varies. Uh, and then size and height and width. You know, so Fat Albert, it grows just like it sounds. <laughs> it gets wide. Uh, not as tall, but it has that really wide girth to it. So yeah. just different variations within that. I, know, I was walking a couple around. They were from Ruger Ranch mm-hmm. down down past Skull Valley, Kirkland area. And they were putting up a screen. Mm-hmm. And so they've got 42 acres. Wow. But their neighbor across from them looks down on this uh, brand new horse trailer they got. And they yeah. want to hide it. Yeah. Going, I can help you with that. And they sure. bought like six, seven trees. It was mm-hmm. all evergreens. And they were going to put them all in a row, yeah. marching across this knoll. And went, you know, you got these informal landscapes. It might be, look better if we mix up, you know, maybe mm-hmm. pick two varieties yeah. and mix them up some. And don't think lines, think triangular patterns, and it will blend into your landscape. And it won't mm-hmm. look like you're trying to hide something. Right. It'll look like they popped up here all of a sudden. And so they, they, took, uh, they took some junipers, Spartan junipers. Mm-hmm. And they mixed in some of your Oregon or Austrian pines. Oh, good. They mixed in those and blended them together. Yeah. And they're planting them, oh, now, this week. So, yeah. No, yeah. that's a great look. Definitely. Yeah. I always tell people that, too. Because invariably, one plant in the center of your line is going to die or something. And yeah. then you're like, uh. Yeah. Whereas if you have a mix of things, it's easy to replace and it doesn't yep. look odd. Sure. It looks more natural. Mm-hmm. more It's more natural landscaping. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. So we've got our spruce. Uh, the pines, the Austrian pines, big green, fast growing, do beautiful. Yeah. Um, Oregon green pine, which was my favorite. The Vanderwolf, which is yeah, kind of a pretty. variegated, uh, almost a blue and white kind yeah, of color. It's like, to blue, it. it's like a blue tree with white highlights. Yeah. Okay, that's a good way to describe yeah, it. Yeah. It's, it's very pretty and very soft. It's one yeah. I always call it the teddy bear tree because you want to hug it because it's yeah. just very, very soft. So, um, and pines do really well here. We're surrounded by some of the largest pine forests in the country uh, that, that goes right through the middle of the mountains mm-hmm. of Arizona. So, this is, a, this is a really good place to grow pine, spruce, cedars. Uh, there's, there's Colorado Junipers. spruce. Junipers, yeah. I always, you know, yeah. you talk to people about things that, you know, you, you think they should put in their yard. And I say, I say juniper, you know, and you can just tell on their face. They're like, oh, <laughs> but they're not the horrible, bad allergy inducing, you right. know, more of the Spartans right. and the Wichita's. I mean, you want an easy grow evergreen. Yeah. They really are it. And that part of that's breeding. So we're, we're not, I mean, this is male, female stuff. Mm-hmm. We're bringing in the, the female species of those plants mm-hmm. so they don't have the pollen the males are the ones that throw the pollen off mm-hmm. so they're it they're the ones that cause all, all the allergies of course I it's the it. men's fault i knew it i knew the it. females knew don't so if you right. breed those if you just take a select few or you're taking a cutting off of the uh the females uh-huh. you're golden you don't have all those allergy right. issues yeah. right so yeah you got to take a look at those don't just out of hand yeah. Say, forget it. I don't want those. There's the ones we use. We use junipers in our own yards because oh, yeah. they're so easy. We're busy. Yeah. They make a great screen. Get, yeah. Um, Deodor cedar, which I think you yeah. kind of hit on to earlier, is, yeah, it does get big. 
you're not going to want this right next to your walkway, <laughs> right? You're not going to want it two feet from your house. Yeah. Uh, but if you've got space, they're wonderful trees. Very, very drought hardy, fast growing, not a lot of bugs or insects that go after them. Yeah. So definitely deer, ones to think proof, about. Deer you mm-hmm. know, elk proof. They're just, they're just yeah. good, sturdy trees for the mountains of Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your um, atlas cedars, like your blue atlas cedars, sure. they do really well choice. here too. That's the uh, statehood tree on the courthouse in Prescott. That's an atlas cedar. It was planted back in 19, whenever the statehood. I think the original one died. And they planted another one like 10 years later. So there's just some yeah. stories with that. Mm-hmm. But that's the seat. That's the one they really decorate in front of the courthouse by Bucky O'Neill's statue. That's a, a, an atlas cedar. And it grows in your backyard too. Oh, yeah. Great choices, Lisa. So we're out of time. Yep. We can't go into the shrubs. We'll bring that next week. Okay. Keep those notes. I will. So we'll come back at it. Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. Be right back. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Waters October companion plants that grow well together are Burning Bush, Arizona Creeper, Spicy Mums, Glamour Kale, and Prescott Blaze Maple. Prescott Blaze Maples have extreme growth of three feet or more each year. The fall color glows like embers in a blaze hot fire, thus the name. There's no better red maple to plant locally. Perfect for patios or any place shade is needed. And a big, bold tree is just $149. You'll find the best fall shade trees here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Gardening and you don't know where to start? Waters In-Home Garden Service comes to you and identifies what you have and how to make it better. Design advice, water strategies, vegetable and flower gardens, soil and food needs, and problem solving. Always problem solving. You'll instantly be a better gardener. All for just $200 of expert time with a coupon to fill your garden dreams without ever leaving home. In-home garden consultations from Waters Garden Center. We can be at your home this week. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. Now, the cold that we had, I mean, it went from summer to autumn just like that in like one night. Uh, but that, that's really going to be helpful for the color coming out in your foliage. So they really, we should have had more autumn color showing up on our maples and different trees and shrubs. So cold is part of that trigger that makes them start to turn color. So you'll see that in the next few days. It's just going to go, wow, look at that. I can't believe those kind of colors exist. They don't have that Pantone colors of the year. Well, you get to see that in nature. We've seen some color. So the, the flame maples. This is a small-leafed maple. It's a tree that's usually vase-shaped, kind of a big shrub or short tree to about 15 feet tall or so. It's in full red. The sumacs, there's several varieties of sumacs. One's a tree, like staghorn sumacs. It's kind of a companion plant to the autumn or flame maples. Um, It gets up again about 12 feet. Beautiful orange colors. It's, It's now in full color. 
Um, the shorter sumacs, there's a whole series of native ground cover type of sumacs. They've been in color for two, three weeks. But the real big showstoppers, the aspens and the maples and those, they really haven't come into, into their own. Yeah, up on the San Francisco, the peaks, they're in full color. But we haven't seen it down here in the lower elevations. This is going to trigger them where they will just go, whoa, sh- showing off their gold colors. The maples will be right behind those. So your uh, uh, Armstrong maples, um, Autumn Blaze maples, Celebration maples, there's a whole series of fast-growing red maples that do really, really well here. They grow very fast. The traditional shade tree, uh, the leaf's about the size of your hand with the five points, your traditional maple leaf. That will start showing color. We've got a couple of them out here in the in the landscape plant. They're just they got that that burgundy color. Then it'll get lighter and lighter and brighter and brighter and then show off. So there's a series of those. Uh, um, golden locust or honey locust will be right behind that. This is a, a native looking tree. It's got very small leaves and adapts very well. I mean, you'd hardly have to care for it once it's up to size. Tremendous shade tree. 30 feet tall, 30 feet wide. Good shade and drought hardy. Oh my gosh. Once it gets up to size, I mean, hard look at it with some water. Maybe that's enough. You don't hardly have to do anything with it. The leaves kind of blow away, but it's, it's famous in the fall and the spring. They get the same spring. It's golden locust for the new growth is gold and the autumn color is gold. And so thus the name, golden locust. Uh, so that's one that will also start turning right now. What will vary will be if you're on the north side of a hill, you'll turn color a little bit sooner. If you're on an east or south-facing side of a mountainside, you'll turn in, you'll turn color a little later because you're a little bit warmer. And likewise, at the bottom, if you've got a, a dry wash and you're down at the top bottom of the hill, the cold air kind of spills down and runs through these dry washes. Those trees or those plants will turn color first. The ones towards the top of the hill will be warmer because warm air rises. So they'll turn about a week, two weeks later. So you'll see this this pulsating, depending on where you're at in the neighborhood, trees will turn color at different times. It's quite interesting. You can see where the cold spots are in a neighborhood just by looking when things turn color. Likewise, in in the spring, the things that are on the higher side or south or the warmer gardens, they'll leaf out first. The ones that are in the dry washes or on the north side of, of a hillside, they will leaf out about a week or two later. It's all temperature-related and sun. So just be aware of that. So if you see your neighbors turning color and yours isn't, there's probably a reason, but it will. So just give it some time. Right now, I, I just love, I don't see quite yet on my, my personal garden. I live up above the high school, probably 5,700 foot not quite there, my, my Autumn Blaze maple, which is probably the number one selling maple, uh, is just starting to show some red colors. Likewise, silver maples, that was the original, that was the first fast-growing maple that we, we started planting up here in the mountains, but it has a gold color type of leaf. Then we, then we, we grafted, basically, a red maple, traditional Acer rebrum, uh, famous Midwest maple, onto a silver maple, and we got autumn blaze maple. Now we're getting a hybrid 
where it's you got a very fast growth of the silver maple, but you get the red color from the red maple. Those are just starting to go right now. Aspens, that's the number one selling tree, at least here at Waters Garden Center. I think most of the mountain, most of the mountain garden centers I talked to were all friends, kind of the same. Aspens, everyone loves them. They're just that beautiful white bark. They grow straight up to the moon. They don't get that wide. We use them for blocking, screening, or even framing uh, vistas. So if you've got a beautiful view, you plant an aspen on either side. It's almost like a picture frame. Just kind of, it forces the eye going, look right here. I mean, put a, some, put a outdoor sofa or some nice chairs out there, fire pit, and people are just going to ooh and awe over your beautiful mountain views. And you just frame, you stage the whole thing by planting or designing this landscape to show off this mountain vista or a sunset or a sunrise. It's all design technique. The other ones that you're going to watch, probably the last ones to turn of the fall, they're just solid green right now. Uh, you've got two that are quite famous. One is Raywood Ash. Ash is this beautiful tree. It's solid. It's like, it's like a lollipop. It's, it's 30 by 30, just beautifully shaped, turns purple. Uh, I mean, just true, like royal purple is his fall color. That'll be uh, mid to end of November f- before that goes. And the last one to turn bright red in the fall of the year is ornamental pear or Bradford pears. It goes by several names, Chanticleer, Aristocrat, but flowering pear. It it doesn't actually form a fruit. Some of them can. It's, it's a fruit about the size of a marble. Birds is a great bird source. Birds come in and eat the fruit. But it's really made for that bright white flower in the spring. Great shade tree during the growing season now. And then the fall color, it's the last one. When, when the ornamental pears turn color, yeah, autumn's over. Winter is here. You better rely on those evergreens because you're not going to see foliage for about two months. Uh, about so Usually things will start to leaf out in February, depending on your elevation. So it's your, your willows, cottonwoods. They'll start coming out first. Some plants, oh, I guess I should mention oaks. Oaks will turn at the end of around Thanksgiving. There's a lot of native oak trees. And I'm not talking scrub oak or the emery oaks, those evergreen oaks. I'm talking about the more traditional leafed oaks. Uh, there's red oak. Um, there, there's several oaks. There's two or three we sell here at the garden center. They're bright, bright red. This is a hardwood tree, so it's kind of slower growing, but it's methodical and it's long living. These things are going to way outlast you, your grandkids. They're going to they're going to live for generations. That's how these oak trees live, and they love growing at high elevations. They love being planted right now in the autumn of the year, but bright red. See, I was going to one other place. Oh, uh, brown. Some plants, some trees, they don't have any interest in showing fall color. They just go from green to brown. That's it. One that comes to mind is sycamore. Our native, we have an Arizona sycamore. It's a great big tree. Very interesting bark. Um, It's got great big green leaves, but this cold would have started to turn it brown. Maybe it has a gold color for a moment, but really, it's it's brown. It just goes to brown. And it holds onto the foliage quite quite well. Kind of almost too well. Too long. It like, has a long trash cycle. I like trees that turn color and then drop their leaves. I rake things up and I'm done for the fall. 
The other one is London Plain Sycamore. That one has five leaves. It looks like a maple leaf. It's related to the Arizona sycamore, but it does the same thing. Uh, sycamores, they also have that little uh, ball. It's like a golf ball size seed pod. Used to throw them at each other as kids. You know, that kind of have games with that. So, But it's fast-growing, hardy. There's a place for sycamores, but front and center is a fall-colored tree. Ah, maybe that's not it. All of your fruit trees will turn color too. Fruit trees, I mean, peaches and apricots and nectarines and apples and pears, they've got tremendous fall color, very bright before they start to lose them. They're kind of easy to maintain that way. That's kind of your trees. That's the fall color you're going to be seeing the next three to four weeks showing up in the mountains of Arizona. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott at 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Waters companion plants that grow well together are blaze maple, burning bush, spicy mums, glamour kale, and red wall creeper. Waters red wall creeper is specially selected to dress up those miles of stockade fence. A mountain vine with rich green foliage turns fire engine red through autumn. Waters native vines are just $49 and both deer and rabbit proof. You'll find the showiest vines here at Waters Garden Center. Google, give me directions to Waters Garden Center. Wondering why the grass is always greener on the other side? Well, it's probably because your neighbor used the all-purpose fertilizer from Waters Garden Center. Monsoon is right around the corner and it's the perfect time to feed your plants. Waters All-Purpose Fertilizer is the only organic made especially for Arizona mountain soils. Don't buy a bunch of different fertilizer for your flowers, veggies, trees, or grass. This one does it all. The plants on your side will be happier, healthier, well, greener. Safe, natural, organic. Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. Well, I have voted this week. It's officially done. I thought I'd be all done and that I wouldn't be bugged anymore by uh, uh, people tracking me down on the internet or putting things in my mailbox. But no, it keeps coming. Hopefully Tuesday we'll be all done with this. Uh, and, And if you just get too stressed out, go take a walk. Enjoy the fresh air. Plant a new tree. It's it's okay to plant trees right now. It's okay to plant. You can still landscape. It's not too cold. You just need to move over to things that like to be planted or things that like to be put into the ground this time of year. It's a tremendous time to add some color. If your vincas got totally burned off, um, you can put pansies in, violas, snapdragons, kale. There's ornamental kale that's stunning. I've got some that are probably a foot round. They're beautiful. There's great textures to it. It's related to edible kales, but edible kale just has this blue foliage. It's not that spectacular. But ornamental has white, burgundy, purple, different colors of, of, of foliage that are quite striking. And then in the spring, usually about March, They start to elongate, and they'll actually get three times their size with this tremendously fragrant flower. Oh, it's beautiful. It'll bloom all winter. Pansies, they'll bloom all winter. Uh, Violas, they'll bloom all winter. And then they just have this great fragrance as the spring comes around. 
it's just it's okay to, to plant if if you get too stressed cut we encourage you bring your dog to waters garden center just don't buy anything just come and enjoy the plants smell the new pine trees that just came in visualize the holidays with the new spruce so there's all these shipments coming in right now of the evergreen or holiday kind of trees and lots of red bows around so as soon as halloween's over well, it's over this weekend we're done um, we get into transition over to thanksgiving the holidays christmas hanukkah all those holiday celebrations that we do uh, we start that and so we're gearing up for that but lots of plants to just take in if you're new to the area have a new house you have freedom to plant as you choose. So if when you get everything moved in, you put the new curtains on, you buy the new sofa, you know, there's certain things you got to do with the new house. When you finally go outside, you go, you know, I just want to, I want the neighbors are right there. I want to block them or I'm going to think through a shade tree so I can enjoy the back patio when spring comes. You can landscape right now. Some of you, the front yard, the package is included, but the backyard is a mud pit. You can still you can still put irrigation in. You can still put the rock down. You can still put shade plants. You can still put roses. I've got roses. And you can still put your evergreen shrubs, soften up that wall out there. It is okay. Trust me. As long as you water through winter, you can't put them in and just let them go all winter by themselves. They're still going to need some care. Not a lot, but some nurturing from the gardener that lives within. You're going to have to go out and water it a couple times a month to keep it healthy. If you do that by planting now in the autumn, you will get such tremendous growth next spring. You'll double your growth rate because the plants will continue to root through the end of the year. They'll take a break for about six weeks, you know, January, first part of February. Then they actually start to root out again, and then they flush that new growth by sometime in March. They're actively growing again. So this is just an opportunity. Don't don't feel like, oh, I can't do anything. It's now, you know, it's only 40, 50 degrees. No, this is beautiful. I love it when it's in the 70s during the day and, you know, 30, 40s at night. And so do your plants. So throughout the week, Lisa and I camp out here at Waters Garden Center. Lots of plant experts here. Uh, the, the garden center is fully stocked. And we do like talking to fans of the show. Come in with a photo. We can help you design, put just the right plant into your gardens. We even have horticulturalists here that will come out on site, do a sketch design in your own backyard. It's called Waters Garden Consultations. Enjoy this gorgeous fall weather. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.